0: It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body.
1: We are all started up on a Wednesday. Happy, happy hump day. You got through it. Thursday and Friday to go. Decent weather. Nothing spectacular. Spring weather. We got Sambolino behind the boards. Thank God. What's up, Sambolino? Good evening, Mr. Ardell. How are you, sir? Um, I'm Jim Danny. How are you feeling? How are you, you feeling what? with your hemp leaf promo? You you got oh, feeling you confident know, with that?
0: I think my voice has returned to a more manlier tone.
1: Is it... um? Is it in the realm of possibilities of re-recording that, or am I my going Uh, on? No, you
0: know what? You give me so much fun fodder on the air about it. Why would I want to re-record that? uh,
1: Okay, Uh, yeah, you know we wouldn't put anything in about it. You put on, I'm like, wow. Somewhere along the line, Sam Bellino lost his testicles, but that's all (laughs) right. Uh, We got Joni Pelzer in the house. Good evening, Miss Pelzer. You're on, you're on, Joey. You you I know how to operate a board. Yes, I, I turn it on you in advance. You afraid I might do something? Well, you told me you always want to be introduced because you feel jealous that Sam Bellino has I'm this really title. Jealous. Sam Bellino's got the title of Thank
2: right. well,
1: you're, you're a little late on the, on the
2: I will tell you, though, Sam Bellino really got us started up before this show with his DJing abilities. It was unbelievable.
1: You're and, welcome. Sam, Belino don't get, the, get the, the the song ready, known as Tumbling Dice, because also in the house on a Wednesday here right beside me on the desk is Luca Joseph Idala. Hello, Luca. Hi. Uh, I know uh, we're going to get into the depth of the show, Luca, but I know you just came back from a week of Boston. How'd that go?
3: It was great.
1: You think at the uh, end of the show you can give us a little detail about your trip? I can. All right. All right. So there's a lot I to look forward to. Oh, Joni loves when he's here. I, I
2: do. I enjoy having conversation with this young man. He's quite personable, and I enjoy it.
1: Okay, right, listen. Look, Luca is the man. Um, his son. And and we'll talk to Luca at the end of the week. I will. I will kind of end of the show. <laughs> Thanks, Joni. That's why you're here. Yeah, that's the kind of day I've had today. That I think I actually have just like two pairs of reading glasses on right now. <laughs> um, what the the only I where I won out and Luca lost out was I wanted this whole Springsteen thing, and then we're going to get into the news of the day, I promise. But I know I wanted Luca to come to a show, and maybe with his friend Julian and his dad Chris, and then I kind of wanted to do a guy's night. So I got tickets for that last Tuesday and then last Friday, and then Luca tells me um, that he's going to Boston on the class trip from Monday to Friday night. So I got to go twice. Luca didn't get to go at all. But Bruce is coming back, and, Luke, I noticed that he's playing in Foxborough, which is uh, – do you know what team plays in Foxborough, oh, Massachusetts?
3: The Patriots.
1: There you go. So maybe in August – I think it's August 24th. You are, you're down. We're taking a ride up there and go to see Bruce in uh, Massachusetts? That's a good yes. Scene. All right. I mean, it's not the same as seeing him in Jersey, but we'll do our best. Um, so some some breaking news – Uh, In the world of law and politics, from uh, it's like an hour ago, not even, a federal judge shot down Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's attempt to block a former prosecutor in his office from testifying before the House Judiciary Committee about the criminal case against Donald Trump. Um, The chairman, Jim Jordan, who conducted that hearing here in New York yesterday where Imran is all over the... uh, all over the dial um, making uh, appearances because he gave a preliminary statement on behalf of our uh, uh, our client, Jose Alba. So Republican Jim Jordan, who apparently is like a world class athlete. Also, um, he's the head of the Judiciary Committee, and he had this um, committee meeting yesterday to talk about crime in New York. And I, I, it's not typical for Congress to leave Congress to hold these hearings uh but they they held it here in New York i mean it was definitely a publicity play um and um but he also now wants mark pomerance to testify about his time in the district attorney's office and and mark specifically related to trump which is easy for mark pomerance to do cuz he was only there to investigate the trump case or to investigate this individual this is rather strange odd rare and not the way it's supposed to be basically years ago prior to uh, alvin bragg being the district attorney when cy vance was the district attorney and they were looking heavily at donald trump again the prosecutors themselves may disagree with this but it seemed to me more like okay let's look at everything around donald trump and let's see if we could find a crime as opposed to they someone reported a crime they saw a crime they found a crime and then said let's see who committed the crime and that the evidence led to Donald Trump so and this is why Justice Scalia always said in writing uh, uh, and speeches why he didn't like a special prosecutor because Mark Pomerantz here technically was not a special prosecutor but the likes of Ken Starr and um, the uh, Muller Robert Mueller. He didn't like that there was a prosecutor whose primary focus was to, like, basically get, quote unquote, get one individual or or focus on just one thing. Um, So, Mark Pomerantz was a former U.S. attorney, uh, assistant U.S. attorney. Uh, He had a legitimate name around town. Um, He, uh, as a lawyer, He worked at a big law firm, Paul Weiss, Rifkin, I don't know, they got like 15 names. And then Cy Vance tapped him to come to the DA's office as an assistant district attorney, but it was an assistant district attorney working on one case. I mean, just so you know, when I was in the DA's office, you you don't work on dozens of cases, dozens and dozens of cases, not one, Um, but he was brought in just to work on one case. He also had a co-counsel, Carrie Dunn, but Carrie Dunn was already in the office and he was already working on other matters. At the time that this was announced, I that that Mark Pomerantz was coming in to be the special prosecutor. I really thought it was a slap in the face to some of the other senior prosecutors in the district attorney's office who have been there for decades, who are investigative attorneys. I, you know, I could rattle off their names because I know them from being their adversary. Um, probably don't want me to say the names, but there's some really fine lawyers in the Manhattan DA's office, lifelong prosecutors, who could have easily handled this assignment. But Cy Vance went out and he got Mark Pomerantz, uh, pulled him out of private practice and said, look, go after, basically go after this guy. So Pomerantz does this whole investigation. There must have been some turbulence inside the DA's office before Cy Vance that Pomerantz and uh, Carrie Dunn, the two prosecutors assigned to go after Trump to find things wrong with Trump, whether it's financial stuff, whether it's the Michael Cohen stuff, you know, it's like, let's get Trump. That was basically their edict. Um, I'm sure there was some, some grumblings that Vance left without them going into the grand jury. Um, probably not the worst move on behalf of Cy Vance to just stay out of the fray. I guess he didn't want that to be his legacy. Walking out the door, Alvin Bragg comes in. They have some sort of a meeting within his first month or two, and he says, "I'm not going after Trump." And both Carrie Dunn and um, Mark Pomerantz resign. Carrie Dunn had argued in front of the United States Supreme Court about some of these about some of these um, documents that, that what Trump had to disclose, what Trump had to give up. And um, Sam Leon, give me two minutes um, with Trump how to just give out to, 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 to the DA's office. he was client claiming executive privilege, all kinds of privileges. And the United States Supreme Court said, no, you gotta, you got to give us what you got. You got to give the prosecutors what what they're asking for. And um, Pomerance, not only does he leave in frustration that Bragg tells them, "I'm not going after Trump, He then writes a book. I cannot tell you how rare it is that a prosecutor writes a book about one particular case that didn't go to trial, that didn't even get charged. Think about it. He wrote a book about a case that wasn't charged. Now, as attorneys, we have all kinds of ethical considerations. As a prosecutor, uh, you're supposed to keep everything that took place in the grand jury secret. So I am pretty certain that Mark Pomerantz wrote this book with ethical lawyers and ethical professors around him to make sure he didn't cross any lines, because we would have heard about it already if he did. Um, Bragg tried to stop Pomerantz from releasing the book, but that did not happen. Um, and now, Pomerantz is supposed to go testify in front of Congress, and Alvin Bragg went to a judge, Judge Mary K. Viscosal, who I actually have a case before now, and appeared before her several times she's a diligent is a understatement she is on top of her game that's for sure um so the committee asked the assistant district attorney to testify the prosecutor himself alvin bragg said no he should not be testifying that the subpoena was an overreach by the gop um led house and attempt to influence a state criminal proceeding But the judge today said, no, the subpoena was issued with a valid legislative purpose and that it was not the role of the federal judiciary to dictate how Congress operates. Then she said, Mr. Pomerantz must appear for the congressional deposition. No one is above the law. Now that is... That last, those last one, two, three, four, five, six, those last six words, no one is above the law, is kind of hysterical, because I don't exactly know what she means. Is she meaning that Alvin Bragg is not above the law, and if this Congressional uh, Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee... um, Finds that Alvin Bragg did something wrong, like he's not above the law. I mean, she's reiterating what Alvin Bragg said about Trump: no one is above the law. I don't think she's referring to Trump because this isn't looking to get Trump in trouble. This is looking. This committee is looking to get. Oh, good song. This committee is looking to get um, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg in trouble, or at least embarrass him. Mr. Pomerantz, quote, Mr. Pomerantz must appear for the congressional deposition. No one is above the law. Viscoso wrote an opinion issued after a Manhattan federal court hearing. Pretty interesting. So there's a lot going on in the law. There was a big decision by my friend on the Supreme Court of the United States today, uh, Justice Alito, about this abortion pill. We'll talk about that when we come back. We're going to do a little Wellness Wednesday. Um, and I don't know, we'll have some fun with Luca, so don't go anywhere.
0: Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne,
2: and I'm Danica Bourne,
0: and, and we're, we're the, owners the owners of South Coast, Coast tax. tax.
2: We started our company ten years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach.
0: South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number.
2: Call us today at one 800 TAX 1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start.
0: Proverbs 1522 says... Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at one 800 TAX 1176 and together, we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is one 800 TAX 1176
1: God forbid your husband or wife is in a hospital or a rehab center. Are people telling you that you're not eligible for Medicaid? You know, the cost of a nursing home is $500 a day plus. That's right, $15,000 a month plus. It could drive you into bankruptcy. It's scary, but don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today. These attorneys have been helping people just like you for 40 years. That's why they know their stuff. They have helped hundreds of people, hundreds of people avoid bankruptcy, avoid financial ruin by figuring out how they could be eligible for government programs that could help pay for nursing homes that can help pay for hospitalizations. So call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. 718-238-6500. Their offices are in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. It's never too late. The time to act is now. And after you speak to one of their lawyers, you'll be so glad that you did.
0: Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart or Odyssey.com.
1: actually going on in, in, in Washington DC in the Supreme Court of the United States um, the Supreme Court gave itself some more time to consider whether to allow restrictions on abortion pill mifepristone to take effect justice Samuel Alito the justice who wrote the most recent abortion decision indicated the court will act by Friday night but did not explain why the court put off a more lasting decision so right now uh, even though the courts in Texas said, uh-uh, I can't take the pill anymore, uh, Justice Alito signed a, uh, an order today indicating that it will act by the end of business on Friday. Well, actually, I think it says Friday night. Um, and so, therefore, if someone has a prescription for that pill, it's, it is legal to um, it, it fulfill that prescription and to uh, take the pill the I think basically the court is giving all sides more time to submit briefs. You know, this was an emergency application. Things move so quickly um, under these circumstances. It's interesting, but they choose when to move quickly or not. So this is just so everyone understands there's nothing in the, the law books that says, okay, uh, we'll only get to give you 48 hours, like from Wednesday to Friday. It's, this is all arbitrary. This is all in the discretion of of the judges, of the judiciary. Uh, it's interesting, because speaking of distress, discretion, you know, Judge Viscoso here in the, in the Southern District of New York spoke about how it's not the role of the judiciary to basically tell Congress what to do. Um, and here you have... A very the, obviously, the abortion issue is a very uh, political issue, but one of the beautiful parts of this country is how, and and it's getting blurred. Don't get me wrong, but how the three judicial branches, the executive branch, the, the legislative branch, and the judiciary try to stay in their lanes. So Judge Viscoso even though I don't know, that that's a pretty ominous statement. You know, nobody's above the law. Um, but she said, it's not our role to tell Congress who you can and can't, uh, speak with. Um, and here, you know, there's a lot of ways that, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States could play this. Um, and, but they're playing it. They're going, they're going to get involved and, um, but they want more time. So they're going to give all the lawyers here more time to brief this, these arguments They've already been briefed once, but it's kind of a different level when you get to the Supreme Court of the United States. And just to give you guys a little insight, like the lawyers working on this, like there's no sleeping. There's like a nap here and there. They are all 24-7, all hands on deck, going crazy. Um, I remember during Bush Gore in 2000, Speaking to Justice Scalia, and actually speaking to, I guess it was to his wife, how he, they had a house in, um, in the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and I guess that he was spending some time there. I guess it was around Thanksgiving, yeah. Yes, they were celebrating Thanksgiving there, and how there was, there was literally like a small, like, you know, U-Haul, not, a typical, not a really a, a truck, but like a pickup truck with so many papers because if you remember Bush Gore there were so many amicus briefs that were filed and you know Nino had a piece of the, the turkey leg but besides that he was sitting around just reading 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 because obviously you know that was an emergency doctrine and um, you know the Supreme Court of the United States has a lot of power over which cases they take in which cases they don't take and you know when people criticized the Supreme Court for being involved in the judiciary. He was like, well, what were we supposed to do? Say it? The, the case wasn't important enough uh, for us to get involved? And he said, don't forget, Gore was the one who took it up to, to that level. or I, But they started the whole process. Um Here, obviously, in America, the, the topic of abortion is is a big issue. I don't think it turned out to be as big of an issue as people thought it was going to be in the last election. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because Alito wrote the decision and now he's taxed with um, giving this adjournment. And he did. And he gave him the adjournment and the, the pill is still available for the next 48 hours. I wonder the effect that it's going to have um, regarding, like, is there going to be a rush like, all oh, kidding aside, like, is everyone going to, tomorrow? Because basically you have all day tomorrow and all day Friday. So are people going to go stockpile this abortion pill? And, you know, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting topic. I guess I, I would be remiss if I didn't speak to the woman in the room <laughs> about this particular topic. So I know I didn't prepare you for this, Joan. But I you have know. very
2: strong feelings about this. OK, go ahead. I, I do. And, them out. and I know where I know that the network we're on may not feel the same way as I do, but I completely believe that it's a woman's body and it's a woman's choice and I do understand and I appreciate what you talk about the difference between Congress versus SCOTUS and I do understand all the discussions we've had on this but in this case this seems to be something that they're using the FDA for the regulation and was it pushed through too soon or there's a lot going on with this this is more than just what it seems on the surface. So I think we're going to see a lot more come from this because they're saying certain things about, um, you may have to take more. They're saying you may have to have a higher dose depending on which way it rules. So I, I don't really know as much about it cause it's new. So I think that we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, but I do really strongly believe in a woman's right to do what she needs to do with her own body.
1: So basically this federal judge in Texas um, and I guess Justice Alito must be. I know he's in charge of the Third Circuit, which is close to these parts of New Jersey. Yeah, they each get
2: certain circuits. Correct. Don't they? Yeah. Yes. But
1: I guess he must be. I think also, maybe as you're more senior, and he's much more senior now, um, he must be in charge of Texas as well. Mm. Um the court said that the drug should only be approved through seven weeks of pregnancy for now, even though the FDA, since 2016, has endorsed its use through through 10 weeks of pregnancy. Correct. Complicating the situation, a federal judge in Washington has ordered the FDA to preserve access to the drug under the, the current rules in 17 Democratic-led states and the District of Columbia that filed a separate lawsuit. So this There's is so
2: many layers to this. This is very there?
1: this is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just came on my radar screen this afternoon when Alito wrote on this. But I think um, tomorrow we should do a little bit of a deeper dive. I mean, yes. yes, this is a little bit of a you know a third rail issue. Yeah. Um, for anyone, uh, for those people who don't know, you know about the Roe v. Wade decision, um, you know that decision just said that under the Fourteenth Amendment. Um, under uh, the privacy clause, that uh, abortion is covered under the right to privacy, and after 50 years of that being precedent, the Supreme Court of the United States said no. If it was really covered under that, it would have been. It would have been. It would have been more specific. We just over the court overreached. Justice Harry Blackmun, who wrote the decision, overreached when he he said that and when he decided that they really just cared about the the, the ends justifying the means. And I believe in even Ruth Bader Ginsburg had put on record saying Roe v. Wade is not a great legal decision. But, of course, she agreed with the outcome. So now they changed it saying it is not a fundamental right that no state can um, preclude it uh, or make it illegal. It's a state-by-state thing. So here in New York, I would think for the foreseeable future... And uh, the drug
2: is made here, actually, also. Where? It's a New York-based drug. Is it
1: made in the hemp leaf place? <laughs> I don't long, know long where hour? it's oh, made. Okay. That's
2: something to find out, though. But, you know, okay. it's interesting that we're talking about this, and we're going to be talking to our next guest about medicine in general and health care. It's, it's Wellness Wednesday, and it's Wellness Wednesday. It's a good day for us to talk about health and wellness and our bodies.
1: Uh, okay. And, and we're hemp talking, leaf
2: in your head. And, and
1: and Peter Gabriel talking about red rain. Great song. Let's take us out at the bottom of the hour with Red Rain by Peter Gabriel.
0: Hi, Kevin McKellar. It's Wellness Night, and that means Dr. Jeanette Nishwat uh, stops by from the Fox News Medical All-Star team. And we'll visit with our good friends from Plaza College in the dental hygienist department there. That's
1: all tonight, starting at 7.
0: You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Dennis Prager here. Visit the Holy Land with me and inspiration cruises and tours. No other trip will be like it. The Stand With Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit
1: standwithisraeltour.com. Would you like a great job? It's not a job, it's a career. A career that you actually can control One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work for whom and how frequently well there's a high-powered and lucrative career that you really do need to know about it's court reporting court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before court systems schools and television stations are all looking for these professionals to recover i'm sorry to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. One more time, info at plazacollege.edu.
0: Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and & Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation, to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep
1: in mind, ABK, the power legal firm. All right. You know what time it is. It's Wellness Wednesday. We're going to talk about Hemp Leaf. That's right. Our buddies Jason and Ray at Hemp Leaf, they're the ones who turned it into a real thing. It's a shea butter-based cream that I've been using all over my body. Hemp Leaf, I think they are the next big thing in skin and body care. Let me tell you something. They are here, and they are here to stay. Um, I use the, the that beautiful liquid black soap when in the morning in the shower. I jump out. I today what I do with today I went with today I went with unscented. Today I went with unscented. There's the there's two things. There's the cream that's a little thicker, and then there's the butter that's a little fluffier. Today I went with the little fluffy, um, and I love it. It's natural. They're botanical products. They're manufactured in Long Island in the in their right in their own facility. All the products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. And for those you you out workout artists like Johnny Esposito here, who's on his way to the gym, you can rub the muscle rub, icy pot, on those aching muscles of yours to make you feel better. And to, for the young ladies, there's Heelixir, H-E-E-L-I-X-I-R, to make your little heels, after running around in those high heels, feel better. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it. In the words of Sambolino. So visit www.hempleaf.com. That's www.hempleaf.com. www.hempleaf.com. And mention the name Arthur at checkout and receive 10% off.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. Hey, Mr.
1: President, all you congressmen too. You got me frustrated and I don't know what to do. I'm trying to make a living. I can't save a cent. It
3: takes all of my money just to eat and pay my rent. I got the blues.
1: Wow, what do we got there, Chambolino? Oh, BB King. Know, yeah, I'm I like it. I like cows. it. I'm happy to you. I came up I talking about the president and Congress, Canada, huh? Canada. Inflation blues. Now you take that paper nice. Well, after the it's story we covered day. yesterday about how Americans feel I'm about, about the economy going up in a ball of flames it's and not down. being too happy with uh, our that's president and his approval ratings not looking so good. Um, I don't know. I think a bunch of people feel the inflation blues. Let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about America. Let's talk about New York. Let's talk about healthcare. Um, especially those living on a fixed income, Um uh, you know, here they're, they're messing around. Uh, Mayor Adams has this new bill about changing the, uh, the healthcare for the city workers who are on pensions. Who are like my mom, where it used to be, I don't know, GHI, and they were covered under Medicare, and, and you, know, you didn't even have to pay a copayment, and the, things are changing around there. It's, it's a very, very complicated topic. Um, we have a former nurse, a U.S. Product Safety Commissioner, and a former member of Congress from upstate New York. She is sounding the, the alarm to raise awareness by speaking out against this new proposal in the Senate. Welcome to the show. Anne-Marie Burkle. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. I just want to make sure, because even though Joni told me how to pronounce it, did I mispronounce your last name? You did fine. That's exactly right. Burkle. Oh, see, Joni got it right once again. So why don't you tell our listeners, uh, Congresswoman, uh, tell us, I know you wrote a big op-ed the other day. Um, Tell us, you know, about the cost of prescription drugs, the ability to pay for health care, uh, and, and what the, the, the Senate is looking to do here.
4: So, great. Thank you very much. And to your point, every American is concerned about their health care, whether it's retirees or just people who are working with children, because the cost of health care and the availability of health care is is a problem. And with inflation, the cost of health care is is going to only keep going up, including drugs. The Senate 127, which is, uh, was introduced by Maria Cantwell from the state of Washington, uh, and now it's been, it's out of committee and the Senator Schumer uh, intends to introduce it to the entire Senate, is a bill that would weaken what is known as a PBM. Now, most people don't know about PBMs because they're a behind the scenes force that helps to reduce the cost of drugs but it's a pharmacy benefits manager. And once your doctor writes you a prescription, they go into action. And what the PBM does is it negotiates between the big pharma, pharma and your healthcare plan to get that drug cost lower for the patient. And so um, this, P, this 127 in the Senate would significantly impact and weaken the ability of the PBM to negotiate that drug price down.
1: And if I could just interrupt you, Congressman, just so people know, um, the average savings that the PBM gives an individual is about $1,000 a year, which is legitimate money.
4: Exactly right, especially on a fixed income. Uh, And beyond that, because PBMs oversee a patient and the prescription and whether they're taking it, whether it's the right prescription for them, it also reduces the cost of health care because people don't get readmitted to the hospital for not taking their medication and so a lot of good things happen when pbms are involved and unfortunately the senate bill is not uh, going to help pbms it's only, only going to help drive up the cost of drugs
1: okay so where where is this now in inside congress this 127
4: introduced in the senate and then it will have to uh, get voted on by the senate if it passes it will go to the House, and then the House would um, the house would vote on it. They would take it up. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. It's up to the speaker of the House. But I would ask all of your listeners to call their senator's office uh, in New York and just tell them to vote no on seven, Senate 127 because it doesn't help the patient. It takes the patient out of the equation, and that's never good.
1: Well, I, I I appreciate what you just said, except our senator is Chuck Schumer. And isn't he the one who's putting this, bringing this to the floor?
4: Indeed, he will introduce it to the Senate, which he has to bring all bills to the floor. But I think if his office gets enough, if he hears from his constituents and he hears from the people that this bill is not going to help us, that maybe he won't introduce it. Maybe he will realize it's not what the people want.
1: Okay, so I understand that um these pbms these um what are they pharmacy benefit managers how they save us money could you just reiterate congresswoman how um they like kind of affect our health our overall health care i mean is it just that they help us get access to the drugs or are there other aspects of it no there's
4: there's other aspects that so you go to your physician and you get a prescription and you bring it to the pharmacist or he sends it to the pharmacist electronically. Before it's filled, the PBM and the doctors and the pharmacists behind the scenes look at that prescription. Is it the right drug? Is it going to act poorly with other drugs you might be taking? Is it the right dosage? And they look at it and, and then they look to see whether you even got it filled. They look at it and all of those extra steps health care outcomes they if the patient is compliant compliant with their medication and their prescriptions you have better outcomes than if they're not if they don't take their prescriptions so overall it reduces the health health the cost of health care that way as well
1: so congresswoman ann marie burkle um you're you're retired now correct from congress obviously not from life because you're working hard for us um what 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 is chuck schumer what you know what's his motivation to bring this forward is this like political money from the pharmaceutical industry what what's the motivation here
4: well you you always wonder and we all know after covid what happened when the government and pharma got together um so it is pharma has a very strong influence uh, in congress i think everyone knows that and i will tell you this this both the Republicans and the Democrats have supported this bill. And so that's why we've really been nationwide with this, you know, with this plea to the listeners. to please call your Senate office and tell them vote no on Senate 127. And I think a lot of it is because they don't understand what it is. No one knows what a PBM is. If you look at the title of the bill, it says transparency, which everyone wants more transparency but I think truly many of the members of Congress don't understand it and don't understand
1: the value of a PBM. Well, I'm glad you jumped on the air and you let our listeners know what it is. And, and listen, pick up the phone, call Schumer, call – um, who's our other senator? The woman? <laughs> Jill- Come Green. on. Thank you, <laughs> Senator Gilder. I have Joan Pelzi. Is supposed to know all these things. You know, Sorry, Frank no, from no, Staten Island. No, Joe Sibilia would know.
2: sibilia Oh, <laughs> Sebelia, the morning guy. Congresswoman,
1: thank you so much. You feel free to come on, Congresswoman uh, Anne-Marie Burkle. Come on anytime, and, and we could give us an update on this and see what we could do, because this really this really affects all of us. I would love to. Thanks so much for having me, and have a great night. The pleasure's all ours. All right, we got one more segment to go to have some fun. Um, I want to talk about the Waterfront Commission, because uh, the Supreme Court of the United States of America said, you know what? You guys don't need it anymore. New Jersey, you're allowed to pull out, and that it's something that was in put in place in the 1950s. We could talk a little bit about the history of that, and then Luca Joseph Adal will talk a little bit about um, Boston and what that trip was like this past week. And I don't know, Joni always has something to bring to the table, so don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Ferenc Toth, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. I use common sense as an entrepreneur, financial literacy educator, and speaker to understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Grow your money safely, reduce taxes, increase returns, and create positive arbitrage with your personal bank. Tune in to the Your Personal Bank Show, Saturdays at 4 p.m. or contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. The Your Personal Bank Show, Saturdays at 4 p.m.
1: Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 and don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on a.m. 970 The Answer and Saturday
0: mornings at 8 a.m. on a.m. 570 the mission
1: isn't it great to hear joe piscopo's voice here on the idola power hour well you know what if you want to hear a lot more of his voice besides listening to him every morning you can hang out with him in italy not just any part of italy in rome and in sicily three nights in rome seeing the important sites like the vatican the Colosseum, the forum as well as a special dinner performance by joe himself then fly to sicily and spend four nights in tarumina with day trips like Syracusa, adorned by Greek and Roman and Baroque architecture. Tarumina's Godfather tour, where you, you uh, visit the middle, medieval villages of Forza de Agro and Savoca. And you'll see the famous Bar Vitelli, where Michael Corleone asked Apollonia's father for her hand in marriage. Then you go to Palermo, one of my favorite cities, for three more nights before flying home. Rome and Sicily. What a great customized trip. And a Perillo Tour is a stress-free escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. So what are you going to do? You're going to call today, 1-800-431-1515. That's 1-800-431-1515. Or learn all about the tour by going to perillotours.com.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer.
1: got my first real six-string Brian Adams was on the UK album dead. chart with Reckless. His fourth, fourth studio dead. album was the first Canadian album to sell more than one million units within Canada. Six singles were released from the album. Run to You, Somebody, Heaven, and this famous famous, famous song, The Summer of 69. One Night Love Affair and It's Only Love. All six singles made the top fifth on U.S. Billboard's Hot 100, a feat that at the time had only been accomplished previously by Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's a big, big, huge, huge accomplishment. I don't think... I would love to see who answered that question on Jeopardy. (laughs) Besides Michael Jackson's Thriller, what other album up until 1985... I mean, someone would say someone by The Beatles... Or, I don't know, some of that, that ilk. But Brian Adams, Run to You, Somebody, Heaven, Summer 69, One Night Love Affair, and It's Only Love. All six singles made the top 15 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, a feat that at the time had only been accomplished by Michael Jackson's Thriller. Cool stuff. Way to go, Sambolino. Thank you. You're for, welcome. I appreciate it. You know, since we've been talking about <clears throat> on the next topic I'm going to touch and prosecutors... Elliot Ness, the American prohibition agent known for his efforts to bring down Al Capone and enforce prohibition in Chicago. He was the leader of a team of law enforcement agents nicknamed the untouchables would have been 120 years old today. He died on May 16, 1957 at the age of 64. It would also have been Jane Mansfield's birthday and someone who's near and dear to me, Dudley Moore, because he played. Who did he play? Thank you. He played (laughs) Arthur. He died on March 27, 2002 at the age of 66. Look, these guys got to live older to be older. Um, Before we go to Luca Joseph, I just want to tell you about one more Supreme Court decision that came out. New Jersey, I don't know. New Jersey can pull out of the 1950s era commission it created with New York to fight the kind of organized crime made famous in Marlon Brando's On the Waterfront. Uh, The Supreme Court said yesterday, New York officials sued to stop New Jersey from leaving, arguing that corruption still exists and that the agreement the two states signed 70 years ago establishing the Waterfront Commission does not let one leave without the other's consent. But New Jersey lawmakers prodded by the shipping industry and powerful Longshoremen's Union, they've wanted out of the commission for years. Strengthened industry oversight has largely severed the tendrils of organized crime that once wrapped themselves around the docks, the polls argued. Now the two-member commission, which has its own police force and oversees licensing and inspections at the ports of New York and New Jersey, is little more than an impediment to economic growth, New Jersey said. And guess what? The high court unanimously sided with the Garden State, which has said its state police could take over the commission's duties for it. Justice Brett Brett Kavanaugh writing the decision said, we hold that New Jersey may unilaterally withdraw from the Waterfront Commission, notwithstanding New York's opposition. The ruling will effectively kill the 70-person agency, which was formed in 1953 after the mob wormed its way into the ports and violently extorted payments from shippers and workers alike. A situation immortalized in the 1957 Oscar-winning Marlon Brando classic. So um, the Supreme Court steps in and says, um, basically it's over. The Waterfront Commission is gone. Uh, Let me just see what New York said. For decades, the Waterfront Commission has been a vital law enforcement agency protecting essential industries at the port and cracking down on organized crime. We will continue to do everything in our power to combat corruption and crime, protect the health of our economy, and ensure the safety of New Yorkers. A joint statement by Governor Hochul and Attorney General Letitia James said, "Well, a bunch of people are out of work. Um, that's for sure. So at least seventy people. But in my opinion, as of late, that commission was basically nothing but an anti-Italian American commission. Because I have had some dealings with them and and." They wouldn't let you work there if your if your name ended in a vowel. It was a little rough. They also have the Business Integrity Commission here in New York City, which is also like, you know, a vowel attacking industry, which my friend Liz Crowley runs. And uh, I'm going to take her to lunch and have a little chat with her about that. But without further ado, what, what would you like to and say? Actually,
2: to- on that note. It is Immigrant Heritage Week, so it's it's very interesting that this happened on this particular week. Just saying.
1: Okay, thank you, Joni. Thank you. You're always, you know, valuable. You're a little charming. Sometimes
2: you know. useless. Speaking information. Of, no,
1: no, no. Speaking <laughs> of value, Luca Joseph is here. Luca just returning from a a trip to uh, to Boston for a week with his school. Um, so Luca, with. With Tumbling Dice playing in the background. Tell me a little of the highlights of uh, Boston. I haven't been there a couple of years now. Many years, I should say.
3: So Monday, I went to Fenway Park.
1: Okay, and you sent your father a picture of you with a Boston Red Sox hat.
3: And, yes. And
1: I sent you a text. I said, you better not buy that. And you know what you wrote?
3: Um, maybe I won't, or maybe I will. Yeah,
1: thanks a lot. So you drove me a little crazy there. But you didn't buy the hat, correct? No. no. Smart move. Go ahead. And what did you think of Fenway Park? A little different from the brand new Yankee Stadium.
3: Yes, there was a bunch of differences.
1: And what did you, where were you in Fenway Park? There wasn't a game going on, correct? No. So where were you inside the park?
3: We basically saw the whole entire park.
1: And was there anything special that you saw?
3: Uh, the green monster wall seats. So tell
1: people who don't know what the green monster is what is the green monster?
3: It's like this, like big wall in in left field.
1: Okay, um, what else did you see in Boston?
3: Um, Tuesday, I did the the duck tour where. Uh, did
1: you see a lot of ducks? No. So what's the duck tour?
3: It's like where this like, this like t- trailer like turn like like drives around and gives you a tour of Boston and then turns into a boat when you get in the water
1: oh very cool i've never done that was it cool yes and what'd you see on the duck tour anything anything what are the highlights i should say
3: uh i got to see um like just like boston and like some of the like features of it some of the big buildings yes and was it
1: cool being on the water
3: it was pretty cool what
1: was the weather like in boston
3: um, like high 60s.
1: Okay. Now, I remember on Saturday, this past Saturday, when we were in Brooklyn, New York, eating a slice of Nino's pizza, after you took the second bite, do you remember what you said to me? No. You said, boy, it's so good to eat some...
3: Oh, um, like good pizza again? Exactly.
1: So I said, what's the matter? What, what do you mean it's so good to eat a good pizza again? And you were not a big fan of the Boston pizza? Is that...
3: That's true. Since
1: you're a big food guy, what did you eat in Boston that you liked?
3: I liked
1: the
3: I'm not entirely sure actually.
1: Was there like a soup that you had?
3: Oh, um clam chowder. There
1: you go. The New England clam chowder, right? Yes. Okay. Any other highlights?
3: Uh when Wednesday, wait, no, Tuesday, also I went to the the science museum. Go ahead. Uh, Wednesday, I went to the New England Aquarium. Go ahead. Thursday, I visited Lexington, Concord, and Salem. Go ahead. And Friday, I went to Six Flags, New England.
1: Oh, very nice. Did you go to any schools, any universities?
3: Yes, I went to Harvard.
1: Oh, so now you can tell people, oh, I went to Harvard. You know, I lectured at Harvard to the law students. Actually, the law students and to the college students with uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz. You know who that is, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had a good trip. Would you like to go back to Boston?
3: Definitely.
1: Definitely. All right. Strong endorsement by Luca Joseph dollar about going to Boston. Um, looked on the schedule. The Yankees only play the Red Sox on Father's Day weekend, and obviously we're going to stick around and hang out with the fathers. And um, I think then maybe there's some time in, like, late September they go back up there, but... If you want to go back to – we could go maybe around the end of August and maybe we'll watch the Red Sox play another team besides the Yankees. Then maybe we could go check out Springsteen. What are your thoughts?
3: That you? sounds good with me.
1: Sounds good with you. All right. You want to go to the movies tonight? Yes. want to go see Air? Yes. You know what it's about?
3: Uh, It has to do with, like, Nike
1: And maybe Michael Jordan? Yeah. All right. All right, folks. It's a Wednesday night here with Luca and Joni and Matt Sambolino. Um, Tomorrow we'll come back with you. I I do want to dig dig a little deeper into this uh, uh, ruling by Justice Alito. Um, The Supreme Court was definitely um, a little active. Probably this is one of their... They, they end relatively early. I haven't looked at maybe one of the last live days. And then they kind of dig in and write all the opinions of all of these cases that they've been listening to the arguments on from whatever it is, February through February, March. Um, and this way, towards the end of June, they hand out their final decisions. There's no blockbuster decisions. Tomorrow's our last day sitting? No, 420. Tomorrow's oh, tomorrow's 420. Joan said tomorrow's 420. Everyone I'm light up, smoke hours. up. We'll see you tomorrow.
4: Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC.
0: Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Hemp Leaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's